Welcome to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network is sponsored by Ticketmaster, official marketplace of the NFL. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood, South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination. Rubenstein Law, 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Chevron with Tecron, Chevron, together, ahead. Totino's Pizza Rolls, take home gating to the next level. It's Totino's or game over. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. fans and welcome to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. I am Travis Wingfield, the host of the Drive Time podcast on the Miami Dolphins podcast network. And with me, I have the hosts of the Fish Tank podcast on that very same Miami Dolphins podcast network. You know who they are. Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie, and well, Juice, this team sucked us right back in, didn't they? Oh, man. Don't... <laughs> man, oh, man, Travis. What a, what a roller coaster ride today, bro. You know what I mean? It really is tough, man. And as you know, and as Big Seth knows, man, you know, former player turned super fan. It's it's tough, man. It's tough to watch a game like that that looks so bad, that looked better, to get back in and have an opportunity and then lose it at the end, man. This team does it to us, man. We, uh, we're we very emotional about our boys, man. And I, that's why I love – let me start off by saying I love being on – you know, the Miami Dolphins podcast network being on, you know, on the radio right now with this guy, you guys for the postgame show because I can actually show my emotions about how I feel about my team, man. And 100%. So it's, a, it's a tough deal, man. And uh, I, I, I'm, I was really upset with my boys. I'm, I'm proud of how they battled, man. And it's a tough loss for all of us right now. Yeah, you mentioned the emotions. We put a video of us up on Twitter celebrating the touchdown and two-point conversion that got the Dolphins back into the game when it really seemed – I mean, for all intents and purposes, like the game was lost down by 11 points in that fourth quarter. With the offensive production we saw through the first three and a half quarters of the game, it just seemed like Miami wasn't going to be able to come up with enough points to make this a contest late. And they did it. Jacoby Brissett made a couple of plays late there at the end of the game. The Dolphins receiving core, running backs, Mike Gesicki gets going. But, Juice, it's hard to win when you can't put together a 60-minute complimentary style of football because it's like, you know, I always talk about the Chevy Chase scene in Vegas Vacation where he's trying to plug the holes in the dam with a gum. You get one thing solved, and then something else springs up. In this game, it was defense strong early, offense strong late, some miscues in between, and you wind up losing 31-28 in overtime. Yeah, you have to put it all together. You really have to put in some, you know, uh, like you said, complimentary football that Coach, Coach Flores talks about. And it really didn't happen, man. We, we struggled so much offensively early. Um, you know, defense kept us in the game at the beginning of the game. And then it's like, you know, we waited late to try to get going offensively. And we, we talked about a lot while we were sitting here in the studio. How long do you expect the defense to be able to hold out, out there? How long do you expect them to be able to, you know, make plays for you? Uh, I, they did a, a decent job most of the game waiting on offense to try to catch up. Offense tried to catch up a little bit at the end, but at the same time, no, man. And uh, Seth and I, <laughs> I don't know if we – I wouldn't call it an argument, but I said, Seth, they're, they're going to be tired. He said, even after halftime? After halftime, after halftime they're going to be tired. tired. <laughs> I yeah. said, man, they're going to I don't want to hear it. They could be tired. It could, they yeah, definitely come overtime, 80-something plays, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys are taking this a lot better than I am. Like, I'm, I, I kind of want to throw up in the yeah. corner right yeah. now. You know, this was uh, – uh, in addition to the roller coaster – this was a winnable game. We yeah. match up well with this team. Started off the way we started. Obviously, battling back. You know, they 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 bring you. I guess what you said, Travis. They suck you right in. But man, I, I'm not taking this as well as you guys are. And I'm not saying you guys don't care because clearly all of us are. I don't know. That's are, what it sounds like to me, Travis. <laughs> well, like he well, said, well, well, damn, I, I'm pissed over, off, Juice. That we're high five and stuff. This in was here, this you know was a mean? difficult one to swallow because it was a winnable game. And you know, you start counting wins and losses. Yeah. I know Travis had whatever, 13, 14 wins, whatever you know that number is. Still possible. I'm not giving up after three games because I know I said after two games that you know we, we can't panic. And, and it's certainly not panic, but this is a tough one, man. I am glad that I am not on that charter having to fly five hours home. 
Yeah, you hope that that doesn't have a, a lasting effect too because Juice was talking about how the defense is on the field for 80 plays there in that game. You basically run out an entire overtime quarter and you're on the road, so a short week coming back on that long charter flight back home and then you have to turn around in the South Florida heat on Sunday and face the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, we kind of were looking at this thing like a, a little three-game stretch here in the absence of Tua Tunga-Vailoa. I think I – think, I mean, obviously the best-case scenario is 3-0, and but with the Buccaneers at the end of that, you kind of kind of – you kind of have to think we'll take a two and one mark in those three games. And this was a good chance to get off to an early start with a win, you know, right now in week number three, it doesn't happen that way. Despite the late efforts of Jacoby Brissett, the offense there, the defense just can't quite get off the field. And I feel like juice, we talked about it last week, same story. I mean, defense has some good production, but at a certain point, the levy breaks, right? I mean, like the offense has to give them more early in game. So they're not so gassed by the end of it. Yeah. I, I, that's, I, I totally agree with that. One thing too, though, man, let's, let's, let's talk about defense a little bit. Yeah, they've been on the field a lot, but they've had opportunities to make some plays in this game too Absolutely. that they did not make. You know, what I mean, you got to make some of those plays. Yeah, we had the pick six early, but when the game's on the line and you got opportunities to get a stop, you know, third down and long, fourth downs, or whatever it might be, you know, you got to make these up. You got to make these plays. You know, and that's that's one thing that you know. Um, I'm shocked that we're not doing is making plays, you know, on the defense side of the ball. Offensively, I mean, I don't know what we were doing at the beginning. You know, so much dink and dunk and dunk and dink and, you know, all our fast guys are running four-yard routes back to the quarterback. I don't know what the hell that was. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we got such a fast team we're talking about, but all we're running is routes that, you know, an old-ass O.J. McDuffie number 81 would run. You know what I mean? You know, a hitch here, you know, a – you know, a, a sticks route there and all these other things. And then when you see him open up at the end, you wonder, why the hell were we doing that from the beginning? You see him fuller going by guys. You see other guys getting opportunities down the field. You see Gesicki getting down the field. Where the hell is that in the beginning of the game where you can open this up a little bit, stress his defense out a little bit, and it gives you more stuff to work underneath? I'm just um, – I'm a little perplexed by some of the things that were, were called, the way they were called early. Especially I was going to be looking to you for the answer to that, yeah, Juice. I thought yeah. you could give us some, some perspective as to why does the game plan change like that. So, But if you're, if you're perplexed, yeah. great word. It's a big uh, word how, like man. Absolutely <laughs> it is. Where are we supposed to come up with the answers? Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. You, you, you think about it. It was exciting to see Fuller back, but then we knew we were getting five tight ends active today. Right. So we knew we were going to try to at least run the ball. But we got some tight ends that can run deeper routes. Gasicki showed that then towards the end of the game that he can get deep. They were still trying to work him underneath short, shallow routes. I mean, it's just it's frustrating. I'm I, I am pissed off like Seth talked about. You know what I mean? But at the same time, though, I was worse off when we were getting beat by eleven points. You know, to see us battle back, that came, that kind of gave me a little bit more energy and more positivity about what, what, the way the team was going, man. But the way it all ends up, it's a, it's a tough deal, bro. Well, well, look, come tomorrow, again, long-term, big picture, there are concerns. There are absolutely things that still need to be worked on, corrected. I guarantee you we're going to hear that from Coach Flores. I don't think this is doom and gloom the way people felt last week. This team can play football. They can score points. They scored 28 points today. I, I know they can put points on the board. I know they can move the ball. To Juice's point, we've seen they can't actually stretch the field, uh, you know, when they make the decision to do so. I actually was impressed that the offensive line was able to hold up yeah. it, it, late in those drives and because the Raiders had their ears pinned back and they were coming after them. But there were just opportunities, opportunities that kill you. We had them in fourth and long situations multiple occasions. Excuse me, third and long. Third down defense, again, 8 of 15. That's tough to win like that. This team was known for being one of the best in the league last year with third down defense. Best kicker in the league. You yeah. can't miss that field goal at the end of the half. What a great opportunity that would have been. And clearly we see that came back to haunt us. Even though he did do a great job knocking in the 50-yarder at the end there, you need to make those plays. I said it all day in, after the last game. You can't leave points off the board. You can't. And not to mention the two points on the safety too, which is where the game really began to turn for for you know for my money. I thought fourteen for zero. Sure. We even get you know a, we spring a big hole on a running play. When was the last time you saw a twenty four yard rushing touchdown for this Dolphins offense? Malcolm Brown gets a nice hole off the left side and a great block by Austin Jackson, who carries a block seven eight yards downfield yep. and winds up with a pancake. But really quick, back to your point, Seth. You talk about eight for fifteen on third downs. I was actually pulling that up on my stats here to kind of talk about that, but you nailed the point. At one point, it was 7 for 11, and that came after a first opening four drives where it was 
three and out, pick six, three and out, punt for the Raiders. And then after that, they couldn't get off the field on a third down. So you talk about, you look at Monday, there's going to be some concerns or some things you got to button up and, and get the corrections made. That's always the case every single week. And this week, probably a little bit more after the first three quarters of this game where your offense, you have plenty you can go back and look at and correct. But they could have gotten away with a W in the win column and then made the corrections. And we talked about it back in week one, how it's always better when you can do that after a victory. Absolutely. But the thing that really gets me is we talked about this all week on the Lunch Bunch on Friday on the live Instagram show on Drive Time, just texting with you guys all week long. We talked about this Dolphins team is not going to come back and have another lapse with third down shortage or just third down failures or red zone failures or penalties. They were penalized eight times for 68 yards today. That's very undolphin like. And Juice talked about it. I think the three per, or the three or four personal fouls they had only went for like a combined 20 yards because they Thank were goodness. you know goal to go or whatever it might have been. I just think that those small margins were where the Dolphins could have had a chance to win this game. 100 percent. And it got away from them on the road against a quality football team that's averaging 30 points a game putting up 400 yards a game you're in their house you traveled across the country to get there every little bit matters every little field goal every little stop they had eight penalties too you know they 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 did better on third downs than we did I mean six of 18 tough to win that way although that fourth and 20 play and we'll talk about it later today unbelievable play by Brissett and and Gesicki but you just can't afford – we are not at the point. This Dolphins team is not at the point where you can afford to make those mistakes and still come away with a victory against a quality team like the Raiders. So OJ talked a little bit about the decision – or the, just the, the general structure and the general design of the offense and kind of guys coming back to the quarterback. I do want to talk more about that. I also want to ask you guys about the decision late in overtime to kick the field goal. Did you think it was the right move? Did you think it was the wrong move? We'll get back into that. We'll hear from Coach Flores and his postgame presser. Real quick, let's go ahead and pause for 10 seconds. So our station can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami. WPOW HD2 Miami. WKIS HD2 Boca Raton. Home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. And Odyssey Station. We still have two hours with you guys here to break it all down. We'll talk some stats, some films, some breakdowns, who we thought did the best, and, of course, hear from Coach Brian Flores. Again, the final score from Las Vegas in overtime, the Raiders 31, Dolphins 28. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron together ahead and we talked about the last segment there the end of the offensive game for the Miami Dolphins and that final possession in overtime where they had to get at least three points to keep it a game juice but they drive close to the edge of the red zone and first down play is an incompletion I want to talk about that play a little bit then we go seven yards to Devontae Parker to put up a put a third and three together and then from there a shovel pass inside to Mike Gesicki for one yard and then a 50-yard field goal from Jason Sanders juice if you're on that team, if you're making the calls, do you want to go and try to win that game or do you kick the field goal there? Got to go on the road. You got to go for the win. You got to go find a way to get this win, man. Wow. You know, and I, I just, the, the play call. Look, I mean, look back in that series. You see the third and seven call. We run it with Miles and Miles busted out of there, you know. If we can't get one yard or two yards from our run game at that point, which at, at some point again we couldn't, but I think at this point we feel like we have some momentum going. You know, I thought we had some momentum going right there. I don't know why we go with a little kind of I call it a trick play to Gasicki, who's on kind of third a, down. Who's kind of a yeah on third down. Who's kind of a long strider instead of let one of our backs get downhill to give us a better opportunity to convert that third down. You know what I mean? So I mean I, I, it's, that's. But you think we should have gone for it on fourth down, Juice? No. Is that what the question was? Yeah. yeah. No, we don't go for okay, it. Okay, I thought you said on the road you got to go for it and fourth no, down and try to close no, no, the game. No, 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 no. no, 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 no I can't no, agree no, with man, you I on gotta that. I got to get off that stuff I'll be trying. You know what I <laughs> mean? No, no, that's not what I meant right there. I was, thought, okay. I, I was going back to the right. sticky play. I was like, we're about to, to have another one play. here, Juice. <laughs> got, got to kick it, man, to, to get in. To, well, you know, well, give him my argument to go for it would be that the flow of the game was offensive entirely at that point. I mean, it was – the teams are trading points for points and touchdowns for touchdowns, and then at the end there are field goals for field goals. I think OJ mentioned, I've never seen a game go three consecutive field goals in overtime to end it like that. But I just wonder, you know, if if maybe on that third down play you try to get a couple more yards with the run, like you mentioned to Gaskin. And I guess that kind of was the the design with Gasicki, right? If if that play gets you two yards, then fourth and one, maybe it's different. Fourth and one is different than fourth and three. This has changed everything. For sure. If it was fourth and 20, I would have said go for it because Jacoby showed us that that's when he's at his best. But, no, all kidding aside, Travis, I, I I have to challenge that because 
I just uh, you know look, you think Twitter's going nuts today? If he if if we had gone for it, the Dolphins made the decision to go for it on fourth down there, and didn't get it. You would, I mean, I you would have had. You can't a, win though. Sometimes, Seth. Sometimes well, you you can't. Well, unless you win, you win, right? Situation. Exactly. You outscore your opponent. But I, I think that was the right decision to make. I do question the third down call. Correct. I mean, we have to. But Seth, you're, so you're saying if we do get it within, four, say, fourth and one or less, you you go. You for can it? make a decision there. Mm-hmm. I still probably would kick the field goal again. I rely on the fact that the strengths of this team. You have again an All Pro kicker. And you have a defense that is supposed to be your, your money makers. You're supposed to win games this year with that defense. Right. And I'll tell you this, too. I mean, other than that, that drive in that they had an overtime to get a field goal before that, our defense was three and out, yeah. three and out. They were locking in, in them the, down. Into the game, you know. So they, they, were, they finally caught their stride. So, I mean, I think you do trust that the defense can go into overtime in that situation and hopefully get you another three and out or at least get you a stop. A hundred percent. We talk about fourth down conversions for the offense. At one point, they were 0 for 1 in the game, and that continued a streak of five consecutive conversions on fourth down that Miami had not converted through the first two-plus games of the season. But late in that game, three fourth down conversions to end the game, three for four on fourth down. So the offense kind of found a rhythm there. And I know we kind of joked about it a little bit with you know Jacoby making plays off of off schedule and when things kind of get sloppy around him, Seth kind of was talking about that plenty with, with, with him making the big plays when things weren't going well and the chaos was coming in around him. And that was that was kind of the story That's of the game. That's when he was at his juice. best. Yeah, but what, what, what makes him kind of flip that switch? Because early in the game, the offense didn't have it clicking and he was dealing with a bunch of you know trash around his feet and, and some chaos in the pocket and and like OJ had talked about, the route's kind of coming back to the quarterback. Not many opportunities for yards after catch. What really changed there with the offense to where Brissett was able to get things cranking? Because they looked like a different unit late in that fourth quarter. Well, I think that he had to. I think he, he had to. You have to get off script at times in those situations. You know, you cannot sit there and you know take the take a sack or you know he had to scramble some a lot of times. You had to back up out of the pocket and make some plays. You have to play a little playground football when you're down like that. Sometimes and I think he did a great job of. We also I saw agree. him at times. You know, where we, I think as a team and as, as a, you know, as fans, we get accustomed to, you know, a quarterback being under pressure and taking a sack or losing fumbles. We saw him throw the ball away quite a few times yeah. that were really important to save us some yards as well and give well, us opportunities. Or pick it up with his legs, right? Correct. Correct. So, I mean, I thought he, he is a, a better quarterback at times when, he play, when he's off script. You know, when he, when he makes plays with his legs. It's not pretty at times. But it's effective. It definitely ain't pretty. It was effective tonight, you know <laughs> what I mean? And uh, give guys an opportunity. At the same time, though, when he does stuff like that, our guys on the other end have to make plays for him. We have some guys <laughs> have opportunities that did not make them at times. And, and let's also, though, Juice, I will say this, and, and I, I definitely don't want to come down on Jacoby Brissett because we had the whole thing last week in the press conference where I'm not a backup, I'm a starter. On this team, he was chosen to be QB2. That's the way it was. Today he was QB1. He did enough to put them in a position in the end to potentially win the game. But there was that play late in the game, that screen play that he underthrew Miles Gaskin. Yeah. And that was, you know, you swing, talked about the, the mechanics. Swing, the yeah, swing play, swing, excuse yep. me. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the mechanics a little bit, and he just kind of threw it out there and didn't put enough on it. And I think Miles Gaskin is running all the way back to South Florida if that ball's on the money. So, you know, you have to kind of live and die with that with Jacoby. Yeah. I think that's what you're going to get with him to some extent. But he does it in a team where you have a young offensive line that's still trying to figure it out. We're shuffling some people in and out. You've got guys that sometimes are getting beat when you're hoping that they won't. You probably need a guy in this moment to, that, that can, can handle that. And he has handled the mess. Yeah, well, I'll tell you also, though, I mean, the Raiders can say the same thing. They'd be saying the same thing about Carr right now because he missed a couple shots down the field late in he that did. game. But they got the win. So they're not going to talk about those, oppor- those situations or missed opportunities. You they're know? not going to talk about that P.I. in the end zone that they should have on Fuller That's either. That's something I, I didn't yeah. want to get into. Yeah. We kind of glossed over it there on that yeah. uh, final drive because yeah. one of the other things we were talking about was – and, you know, I told, I told O.J. this, and I think – I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me that I don't care for the flags on some of those. You know, he's his foot's on the white line. They bring him down, throw a flag 15 yards. Like, I'm good without that. But if you're going to call it on one team, I'd like to see it called on both teams because Mike Kosicki was pulled down late out of bounds. Jacoby Brissett was hit out of bounds one time as well. But 
so just the way the game was officiated it bothered me in that sense a little bit. Just be consistent with it. But man, the game in the against Las Vegas last year, Byron Jones got hit for a DPI that was a tiny a little, little pull on the back of the jersey. The one on Will Fuller was worse. Right, it was worse. And, and, and a game I thought it was changed. egregious. Yeah, exactly right. And it, it changes the outcome of a game. First and goal of the one right there. Yeah. Go for the win, you know? So how do you not? How do you swallow that flag at that point, Seth? I, I don't understand it. I mean, he was the, the first great ball. Unbelievable ball. I think let's talk about Will Fuller for a second. You know, he was brought in here to stretch the to stretch the field, right? And to test the defense. I thought he played a heck of a game for his first ball that we've seen of him really all year. And that was that moment. That was that moment where you either win the game there or you draw the flag. He he should have drawn the flag. I'm, I don't like to be the guy that complains about the refs. They didn't lose it because of the refs, but that to me was a missed call in that moment. I can't guarantee that this team is going to punch it in from the one-yard line. <laughs> I don't know if they will or won't. Still might be kicking a field goal at that point, but they should have had the ball first and goal from the one. He yeah. winds up with three catches that would have been on right six call. targets for 20 yards. That was a four, It would have been a 40-yard either pass interference or reception for the touchdown for the win if he makes it. But, you know, the numbers from this game, they're, they're so strange. We, you know, we finally saw Mike Gesicki get going a little bit there. He has 10 catches on 12 targets for 86 yards. But Jalen Waddell's usage or, or his production was very strange in this game. Juice, 12 catches on 13 targets. So he catches everything you throw to him. But he only averages 4.8 yards per tar- or per reception. This is a guy in college that was good for a buck thirty every game. I'm confused by all that. You know, I, I was so excited to see the the Will Fuller show down the field, Jalen Waddle opposite, you know, Devontae Parker down the field, and it became a dink and dunk show. You know, and, and you know, I don't know what they you know throughout the week what they work on, what they practice on, what they feel is best for them. You know, sometimes that dink and dunk is kind of like a way of like. A, a, a counter to the run game. So if you get your four or five yards on first down, it's like, you know, first and a, a run for four or five yards. But when you got guys that are that dynamic and you want to get them going with the rock, if you want to get them, you know, for explosive plays, you're not going to have them running four yard routes and coming back to the quarterback because they got their back to the defense. Now they got to regenerate or start all over again and go again. If you want to give them something, give them a quick slant. And let him split some defenders. You know, give him a quick out and let him turn up the field and go get some. But to run these little hitch routes, these little stop routes, where you got to stop and go again for guys are that explosive. That that's that's puzzling to me. I mean, it really is puzzling to me. And I, you know, like I said, you know, I I, I hate the second guess play calling. But when it comes to different personnel guy, now if that was OJ McDuffie number eighty one. I run all those stops and hitches and all that stuff all day. <laughs> oh, Jim McDuffie, number 81. Because, you know, I don't have that speed that Waddle has. I don't have that speed that Fuller has. I don't even have the speed that Gusecki actually ran, actually. You know? So give these guys an opportunity to make explosive plays by giving them an opportunity down the field. Now, with that being said, we did get sacked six times last week. So quicker. That's short what and I was going to ask. Short and sweet is, like, probably the best way to help our line out. But at the same time, though, man, in order to get those guys going, man, give it to them now and let them get going, but not coming back to the quarterback. Two sacks on 49 pass or dropbacks or just to- overall passes for Jacoby Brissett in this game. So the the sack production wasn't as bad, obviously, but they definitely had plenty of pressure on Jacoby Brissett all day as he dealt with the slop around him and tried to make as much as he could out of it. He finishes 32 of 49 for 215 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, and two sacks with a 74.8 passer rating. Unbelievable. Coming up, we're going to hear from Dolphins head coach Brian Flores and his post-game press conference again the final score from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas Raiders 31 Dolphins 28 you're listening to the Dolphins fifth quarter post-game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches Miami Dolphins radio network this is Dolphins football on the Joe WQAM listen to Hawk and Crowder weekday afternoons beginning at two Have an extra couple of minutes? Try Totina's Pizza Rolls in the air fryer for extra crispy deliciousness. Mmm, those crispy bite-sized poppable bursts of pizza. Totino's Pizza Rolls. It's Totino's or game over. At the end of the last segment, OJ was talking a little bit about the Dolphins' offensive plan, the passing game at least, as far as vertical passes and getting downfield. And we kind of left off there, Seth, talking about whether or not the offensive line's ability to protect has to do with the, I guess, infrequency of the vertical shots. But in this game, I mean, there were some moments there where Jacoby had some good pockets. They rushed the ball for over 130 yards in this game. So do the offensive line get themselves back into a rhythm here to maybe say in the future we can be a little more aggressive? What do you think today from the offensive line? 
Well, it was better than last week. I mean, you know, let's let's be fair here. It was certainly better than last week. But and, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask Juice when you were, you know, you were puzzled by all the short throws and the dinks and the dunks. Do you think that some of that was to an opportunity to let let this team settle, to let the, the offensive line settle? I think they did. They definitely made uh, it was intentional uh, as far as running the ball. They made a concerted effort to run the ball. Typically, you think you go on the road and rush for 133 yards, you got a chance to win the ball game, and they did have a chance to win the ball game. So we cannot forget that. But I'm wondering that, Juice. Do you think that maybe that was uh, obviously you can't get in the head of the coaching staff? But do you think that that was part of the reason why you didn't see them taking as much time to get the ball down the field? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely um, the reason. I mean, you look at you know the last couple of weeks, man. It's been a decent amount of pressure on quarterbacks. The line hasn't looked looked haven't hasn't looked the best. But I, I think um, I think they learned something about this offensive line too. Towards the end, I mean, there are there are going to be opportunities to get guys down the field. But I also feel like you know, Big Seth and and, and Travis that. You know, when it comes to this offensive line, it's going to come down to us settling on five guys that can work well together. And I think they're starting to get there with that group of guys. You know, you, 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 I think, Trav, you pointed out some things during the game where we saw um, Austin Jackson having some, some good push. You know, we need to see a little bit more out of our rookie and, 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 uh, and Liam. Tough game for him today. He had a tough game. You know, and it's, it's, but it's, it's growing pains as a, as a young guy in this league, but I think he's going to be able to get there. My thing is – you know, when you look at some of the situations where we had a third and one, fourth and one, we couldn't, couldn't convert, then they start getting a little – we start getting a little nervous about it. So I think that they started off the game just trying to ease our way into it, ease these young guys into it, ease a new – even though he's a QB1 starting quarterback into the game and giving them an opportunity to get going, I think that was a game plan. But I think that what they did a little late for me was get into the, the long game, the stretch to field game. I think they should have gotten to that a little bit longer because – Honestly, the Raiders, you look at let's look at our defense. Javon Holland, you couldn't even see him on the film sometime. He was so deep because they were worried about their vertical game. You that mentioned that a couple times. Yeah, that the wasn't game. the same situation for the Raiders. You know, it was like it looked like ten on eleven. We were on defense and their offense. They were up in there. And but they they've earned that, they right? Have, they, exactly. They've earned that the first two weeks. Exactly and right. That's, that's one of those things. Though I don't know if you watched the Peyton Eli broadcast on ESPN two, but they literally requested, "Hey, can we get a zoomed out shot of this? Because we want to see the safeties. Because you know, quarterbacks always looking at the safeties, and that's like a new thing they're doing now. So right. they, the Dolphins have in this defense typically played that aggressive up on the line with with 10 right and then you're 11th deep but I mean I, I get your point though because like you talk about that's there was a lot of those balls in that intermediate area the Raiders were going after and it was successful for them right and I think that's what we're talking about here is the fact that that's what we do we we throw so short you know you can keep all 11 guys in the frame you know and that's that's kind of how they, we started the game off until we had to loosen them up a little bit the Raiders are so used to doing it that like we talked about. And that was the thing, too, man. And I'm, I'm a big Holland fan, but that balls were up in the air a long time for a guy to be that deep at free safety and not be able to get over there and make some of those plays. And so I think he's going to see some film. And, of course, quarterbacks are great. I mean, Carr's great at holding that safety with his eyes and then throwing it the other way. We got guys chasing. But at the same time, though, man, the way we dink and dump was com- – Completely different compared to how they were trying to hit the home run on us a lot of times. And these two quarterbacks the Dolphins have faced the last couple of weeks, not to give them excuses or anything, because you got to stop who's in front of you, but Josh Allen and Derek Carr right now are playing really, really good football, so maybe it'd be a welcome sight to see someone else uh, play against this Dolphins defense, because, I mean, Derek Carr in this game finishes with, <laughs> with 386 passing yards and a couple of touchdowns on just 43 attempts, so he was getting chunk gains throughout the course of this game. And some of those plays, Seth, they were pretty deflating for this defense, for this team, because we would be in a position to get a stop. But I want to kind of pivot on that point and talk about the energy of the team throughout this game because, you know, we, we discussed it at length. And this kind of goes back to OJ's point about maybe some of the vertical game being absent early on. Maybe you play to that 14-0 lead because it's kind of complimentary in terms of your backup quarterbacks in the game. Your offensive line's been a little bit shaky to start the season off. You want to get the running game going. Defense is playing like a house on fire. And then there was a couple of those weird personal foul calls that kind of right. started to get things going the other direction. The Raiders get off their own the, the shadow of their own goalpost with one of those 15-yard penalties. All of a sudden, they put together a touchdown drive, and they really controlled the game from that point until like early stages fourth quarter. And then this team got some life back in it, and they didn't quit in the end. So I'm just curious, how did you feel throughout the course of this game with the ebbs and flows in terms of the Dolphins' effort and energy they put out there? Well... I don't want to question effort. I don't think that that would be fair. I mean, they they did fight to the bitter end. 
there, there were moments, as you said, where we were getting frustrated here in the studio, and I'm sure fans were getting frustrated at home. And I imagine they were getting frustrated as well, the way the game felt like it was being dictated to them for a while. But they came out with their hair on fire. It was very clear that they were embarrassed by last week's performance, and they, were, they set out to prove that that's not who the Miami Dolphins are. And I think they did that. And, and look, the Raiders are a tough team. But this team plays well against the, the Raiders. They, they really do show up for the, for the Raiders. It came down to the wire last year as well. You had the Fitz Magic, the Face Mask, you know, Matt Collins, and, and they got away with one. This, this week they didn't, and that goes back to where you have to finish ball games. You have to finish ball games. But as far as the energy, I think they came out. They were ready to play. I think they punched the Raiders in the mouth. Unfortunately, they weren't able to sustain it. And you had to – team doesn't score 30 points a game by accident. You had to expect the Raiders were going to make some plays, and they answered at the end. It just wasn't enough. Well, I think that, I mean, we, we can look back at all different kinds of things. You know, the safety started. A, that was a, tough. A, a, really, things go downhill for us, and it was really bad. 25 unanswered at that point. You know, from 14 nothing down 25-14 at some point, the Raiders continued to score on us. Couldn't get a stop in the half. Couldn't get a stop to start the third, the, you know, the second half. And uh, and that, that's that's a that's a big deal when we couldn't stop that stop the bleeding right there, you know. Tough situation. I mean, obviously we had the the personal foul, but didn't move the ball very much. And this again, I, I hate to even question things, but sometimes play call or decision making, even on that play, it might have been the right call. And I know we got to look at the film on that. But I saw a high pass. Mm-hmm. You know, which is going to make it harder for a receiver to make a play on it. And when you got to get a high pass, it's a little bit late. It's, it's looking for a disastrous play. Instead of something up the field, even even Jacoby, quarterbacks, give me some room to work here. Right. That I, I hate play, question play call, but that play call right there was a, was an accident waiting to happen. It was a big accident because that's when they went on that 25 nothing run. What about, what about design of it? Because I'm, the, the way it was set up was kind of strange just in terms of the timing of it all because you have Jalen who's – got a cushion. He's got about a five-yard cushion from the defensive back, and he just kind of at the snap turns to the side to Jacoby and Mm -hmm. like, all right, the ball's coming my way here. And then that gave them no margin for error because the DBs didn't have any threat of a vertical ball behind him because the receiver didn't show that. So can you just like maybe take a couple of hard steps upfield and then jab back down and come back to the quarterback? Can you make that a better play just by the design? Well, it could be. I I think what it is, I don't even think, I think Jalen, I think he's 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 the outlet guy. I think there's other opportunities and other guys we want to go to in that situation. And when all those fails, you want to throw it there. That's probably why it was late. Okay. Now the problem became why, not that not that it was late so much, but that it was high. Mm-hmm. So him having to go up and get it and then no come chance. down and then the guy's digging on him, he had, had zero chance. You get that ball to Jalen in his in his gut right now, he's got a chance to make that one-on-one guy miss. If nothing else, he'll get five yards or a few yards out of the end zone. But when it's up high, he didn't even have a chance to come down and even give himself an opportunity to make a guy miss. So – Play design might have been okay, but I don't. I'd rather I'd rather bust it up out of there, bust it up out of. There. If we had to punt it away, punt it away. You know, we we're already with our backs against the wall there. So, I you know, I play call, play design. The design might be good. Execution, as we always talk about, was not very good. Well, I'd love for you to continue that point about Waddle and, and kind of being the outlet guy because that's what his numbers say. I mean, mm-hmm. thirteen right. targets is a ton of targets. That's that's a lot, even for you know, a guy that can kind of be used as an extension of the running game, and he certainly is that at times with all the stuff behind the line of scrimmage. His average depth of target, I think I think coming into this game, and I don't have the exact number, it was like lower than a couple yards. It was, It's very, very short. You've got, you know, Devontae Parker's up over 10. Mike Kosicki's up over 10. Like, they have some vertical shots for those guys in this offense, but Waddle hasn't been that. So, Juice, 12 catches, 58 yards. I just I keep coming back to that. It's, it's strange to me, is it not? Yeah, it's very strange, man. Especially like like I said, man, a guy with that type of speed and, and quickness and you know, and it wasn't even like, you know, and you think about it, I mean, what what did he, he ended up with how many targets did he end up with, Travis? Thirteen, 13 targets. targets and twelve man, golly. Yeah, I, I just don't think that his long was nine, by the way. I don't think he, you know, it's hard to use him in that. And it was fashion probably on a. He probably caught it and ran. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. It's hard. It's hard to use him in that fashion, man. Expect him to do much more, man, because a lot of the ones that he caught were on the ground almost. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like he caught it and was able to run. He, a lot of them were really like low balls. You know, getting there, getting to a spot, and catching it, and getting tapped down. So we got to figure out a way to get Jalen, uh, you know, the, the ball on the run. How can we give him the ball on the run? You know, they've got to design plays to get them on the run. Well, we got tight ends from there. Waller's running, you know, out and ups and, and wheel routes and, 
you know, verticals left and right, and we got our fast guys running stops and hitches. Seth mentioned he's having a tough time dealing with the emotion of this game at the end of it there, and it's kind of starting to set in here a little bit too because, man, had a chance to get to 2-1 and one and get out of there with a win and, and go on to Indianapolis at home next week for Don Shula weekend. Nonetheless, it's 1-2 and two for the Dolphins now out of the gates. They fall below 500 after that nice start against the Patriots, but I want to come back and talk about some things we can take away positively going forward, some things you guys saw that maybe can continue for this Dolphins season because it is still very young 14 games to go still on the schedule Seth so when we come back we'll talk about that again the final score from Las Vegas Raiders 31 Dolphins 28 you're listening to the fifth quarter post game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches this is the Miami Dolphins radio network Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. Dolphins are back in action, and this season you can be back in the stands to experience it all live. Get verified tickets from Ticketmaster, the official marketplace of the National Football League, and you won't miss a single epic moment. And rest assured, if your plans change, Ticketmaster has you covered, because selling your seats securely with Ticketmaster is as easy as a few taps. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com Dolphins. And guys, we almost had a chance to come away from this game with lots of positives, because we almost had a victory at the end of it, maybe even a tie there at the end, but it doesn't go out that way. Dolphins fall 31-28 to to the Las Vegas Raiders, and there was a lot of kind of unique happenstances in this game, and that's how we're going to kick off this next segment, talking about some things we can take away positively going forward, things this Dolphins team can possibly sustain that we saw today. And one of those things comes from O.J. McDuffie here with regards to how we covered on that back end juice. You saw something that we were pointing out all game long. Dolphins did something different on Darren Waller this time around. Yeah, you know, remember last year how uh, Roe was on him a lot and, and did a good job, but Roe just made plays and, and Carr made some throws at, you know, Kind of exposing. So this game, you 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 can see that we play a lot of man to man. We played so much man to man, and that's a lot of the reason that Javon Holland was so deep too, because we're playing man free a lot. So you got a guy playing center field where everybody underneath is is uh, you know playing man to man. But we saw that this time they went with Byron Jones on Waller, and he did a pretty good job. I mean, Waller had a decent game, five catches for fifty four yards on seven targets. But you also saw some PBUs from him, which we can get some, some interceptions from him every once in a while, you know. And they put. You know, they put Zayvon Howard mostly on Ruggs. You know, Ruggs had a nice game. He had a big play of 23 yards, but for the most part, he was under control. So, I mean, it was nice to see that, you know, they've got that game plan. But now remember this now. we The amount of man we play, you're going to see a lot of picks, a lot of rubs, and we saw guys trying to – you sure we, we saw the Raiders trying to do that a lot, you know, trying to run some pick plays, natural pick plays. Uh, I thought the guy that really killed us more than anybody was Renfro. You know, he he seemed to move the chains a lot and working on the inside. So I was working against guys, you know, you, you know, you know, like that from the inside that we we, we have him guarding him. Um, so I don't know, Travis. I mean, I, I think it's a great game plan, but I think moving forward, they're going to still work these inside guys more than anything. I don't know if we're going to run. How many tight ends do we have? You know, I haven't really done my <laughs> my scouting report on Indianapolis yet. If we have to worry about putting our best cover guys on their tight end or not, you know, I know they're probably there's not a whole lot like this guy. No, uh, there's not. There's only a few in the league like that guy. Or so. like this offensive compliment. I Correct. Mean. Fair point. Correct. But I think that no matter what, we're going to continue doing what we do best, and that's play man-to-man defense. We'll put our best guys on their best guys, or you know, our next guys on some of the guys that can, you know, kind of kind of move the chain kind of guys. But I love the fact that you know Byron was up to the challenge. I love the fact that X is up to the challenge. Now we have to figure out a way to keep him under 386 yards next time. Even oh, though it was man. more of a, again, a bend but not break kind of thing. It wasn't like long touchdown passes or anything like that from Carr. But at the same time, though, man, the, the Those drives chunk, plays, kept, though, the chunk plays kept happening and the drives kept continuing not get off the field. Yeah, I was just so intrigued by that matchup because, like you mentioned, last year it was Rowe on Waller almost exclusively and we saw Eric Rowe match up with uh, Foster Moreau, tied at number two there for the Raiders, and he had that push-off on the offensive pass interference, and Rowe was also in there rushing the passer, sticking his face in the fan against the running game as well, so they had different ideas, and I'm so intrigued by this, Seth, because Darren Waller came into this game with 26 targets, which led the National Football League, receivers, tight ends, running backs, or otherwise. I'd keep throwing to him if he was on my squad. But what did we all always hear, and I, I hate making these references because Brian Flores is not Bill Belichick. He's not a Patriots employee. He hasn't been for a long time. But what was the number one thing the Patriots always did well? They took away your Take top Take away target. what you do best, for sure. And the Raiders 
all, you know, damn to hell, they were going to throw the ball to Darren Waller in the first two games, regardless of what the opposition did. But here comes Miami, and all of a sudden, he's got, you know, relatively speaking for his usual production, has the clamps put on him. But that's where John Gruden, I thought, really had a hell of a game because OJ talked about it with Hunter Renfro. The only way you're going to get a favorable matchup on Xavier Howard is to get him inside on the slot. That's not what he does best. He's best on the outside. They got him in there, and it got the Raiders a touchdown on third down. So hats off to John Gruden and that Raiders offense because they have plenty of weapons, Seth, and they went after those guys. And the Dolphins took away the top guy, but they just didn't have enough guns to come after him. Well, that's it. That's what I was going to say. Great game plan to take away what somebody else does best. I mean, that just seems like it makes sense. Not everybody has the personnel to do it. Clearly, as Juice just said, the Dolphins came up with a plan to do that. The problem is, what do you give up, right? Any decision you make on the football field, you're leaving something else open. And unfortunately, they had a lot of weapons, and they were able to get the ball to them enough times. And, and, you know, we said this, I I said this at at Bo Campers when we were uh, having the, the lunch bunch, I knew the Dolphins were going to have to score at least 24 points. I didn't know it was going to have to be 32 points to win the game. But you just knew playing the Raiders, you weren't going to hold them to two touchdowns. It just wasn't going to happen. Right. You and, know, and, I, and I'm sorry, Travis, real quick. You know, it's, it's tough on outside guys to try to play inside. And we they were forced to do that a little bit today. You know, X not, he doesn't usually play inside. Byron doesn't usually play inside. The inside guys are used to playing inside. I remember, like, I was, always refer to back in my day, Pat could play inside or outside, but Sam wasn't, wasn't the inside kind of guy. Sam liked to play on the outside, you know. So, I mean, for those guys going there, and I think they did a, a decent job inside today uh, when they, you know, when they had to. But bottom line is man-to-man is man-to-man. You know, you're not worrying about dropping the zone, worry about if you got curled to flat or if you got this assignment or that. You know, you get your man, you lock him down, man. And um, I thought they did a heck of a job. But, I mean, what about those guys on our guys in man-to-man situations or zone situations? I didn't see a lot of separation again today, and that's—I don't know if it's design, you know. That's what I was going to ask. What is it, Juice? Because yeah. you know, the athletes are there, I, and I know, and you probably aren't going to want to call anybody out. I know that route running was something that you took to heart, and you come from a long line of Nat Moore before you, right? Or actually, Duper Clayton and yep. Nat Moore before you. Nat, who learned it from from uh, Warfield. Yep. Route running is something that that is critically important to you. I know you joke about sometimes you have to when you don't have the speed or size. You right. better be a good route runner and have great hands. But I, I'm wondering why is it we heard separation from at halftime. Uh, from Coach Flores of the Patriots game. Correct. So separation has been a question. There are guys who can run. This is not a team that has a bunch of slow players in the wideout position. And then, you know, you've got Parker who he's he's not a burner, but he can run and he certainly can create separation with his size differential and the athleticism. Why is it not there? Yeah, and I don't know. You know, I was always in – I'm gonna blame Travis for this. Let me tell you why. Was Travis's fault? The lack of separation? Because all I all I read all camp <laughs> long was Twitter from Travis talking about ah, separation. The these guys jinx. wide open and you know, these guys running routes and you know all this stuff down the ball down the field. You know, now I get I watch the games live and I don't see what Travis know, was talking about. You know what I mean? I don't know what Travis <laughs> was talking about, Big Seth. So um yeah, I, you know what? I think it's gonna I think things are gonna change. Let me tell you, I think what we saw towards the end of that game is what we're going to continue to see, I think, more in the future with our, with our schemes, with our route running, with our guys getting down the field. I, they see something there, you know. And we got guys now, when guys get one-on-ones and they get these 50-50 balls, we used to seeing Parker come down with them. We didn't see that today. Fuller had a chance. We didn't see that today. We got to get up there, and these guys have to make those type of – I think Gasicki had an opportunity. 50-50 balls, man, we got to turn them into 80-20s and, and, and make plays. So I agree with that for sure. You have to win on those, especially guys who are paid to win in those moments. There's certain guys that that's what they do best, and they, they absolutely need to win more than they lose on those. And you're playing with your number two quarterback. He needs that help. Any, any quarterback does. But certainly when you're playing with your number two quarterback, no disrespect, Jacoby. I'm just looking at the depth chart. When you're playing with your number two quarterback, you need to help him out. You need to bail him out. When he is fighting for his life back there and, and makes a great play to get Get the ball to get out of trouble and get the ball there. Bring the ball in. What what I wanted to ask you though is again on the separation. You're talking about design, and you think that we're going to see more of what we saw towards the end of the game. 
how much is that? Uh, how much of that are they playing the clock at that point? How much of that are they taking those chances and going down the field because it's overtime? And are they going to dial it back again and start conservative as we think as we saw in this game? OJ, I'd love for you to come back on the other side of this break and get to that point. I'm also going to go ahead and punt my big takeaway with the defensive line with how I thought they played today throughout the course of this game. We'll come back and talk about that. We'll hear from head coach Brian Flores again. The final score from Las Vegas: Raiders 31, Dolphins 28 in overtime. You're listening to the fifth quarter post game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network. You're listening to the Dolphins on the Joe WQAM with Joe Rose and Zach Kranz weekday mornings from 6 to 10. We got plenty of questions among the three of us here. Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie with Travis Wingfield on the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter post game show. We've got plenty of questions rolling in on Twitter as well. The hashtag Fins post game to ask us some questions we can get to here on the show. But why don't we go ahead, guys, and go to the man that has the answers and Brian Flores, who addressed the media after the game. Here's Brian Flores at the podium post game. I mean, I, you know, I thought they fought hard. They gave, gave great effort. Um, you know, I know they're disappointed, um, but they fought, and we just got to, you know, we got to get back to work, um, you know, prepare the way they've been preparing, and, you know, make just make a couple more plays, and um, you know, we'll feel a lot better after some games. What, uh, what kind of rhythm, how was Jacoby able to find a rhythm there? I mean... I mean, there was definitely a lull there in the middle of the game, second and third quarter. Couldn't get much going offensively. Um, and then uh, it looked like he got a lot more comfortable as the game went on, stepping up in the pocket, making some, made some, 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 some big throws there at the end, uh, some big plays at the end to uh, bring us back and send the game into overtime. But you know, ultimately, it just wasn't enough. Um, we got to play better across the board, offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game. Uh, but, you know, these guys, this is a resilient group. They'll get back to work and, you know, do everything they can and make the corrections so that we can play a little bit better. Along those lines, those uh, unnecessary roughing penalties in second third quarter, did that kind of take away any of the sales? You know, I mean, anytime you get, you know, penalties like that, uh, you know, extend drives, you know, move the ball. I think some of those were, you know, defensively in some situations where we would have had them in. Uh, I would say, you know, second down, which they'd lead the, you know, first downs and field position. And it's a good offense like like the Raiders. And you don't want to give them extra yards. So, um, you know, those hurt us for sure. And, um, you know, again, you know, one or two plays. I mean, that's what it really boiled down to today. And, uh, you know, we, we've got to be better in that area. How about you, The safety there in the first half was Jalen the first read. You know, I mean, I got to go back and look at it. You know, we didn't execute it well. Um, obviously, um, got to do a better job. Uh, but I, you know, I need to, I need to, I need to go back and look at that. You know, it was, you know, a bad play for us. Kind of, we had some momentum going. I kind of, you know, shifted the game a little bit. And uh, again, you know, one or two plays in the game, we we may have a different outcome, and uh, we got to play better. What was your view of that fourth and twenty play that Brissett converted to Gasicki, uh, I think you know, for twenty-seven yards? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was uh, it was a great play. I mean, I think you know, there was some uh, some rush on there. I think uh, the ends got up the field. Jacoby was able to step up and slide uh, to his left, uh, right of the defense, and, and they made you know great catch, great throw, great catch to Mike there on the sideline. You know, I think, you know, we want to play physical. We want to be aggressive. We want to play fast. I think that's something we talk about. I think we got that today. You know, we just didn't get the execution we need, we needed uh, or enough of the execution we needed to win the game. Uh, but, you know, credit to the Raiders. You know, just talking to John afterwards, they got a good team. They, they're, they're doing a lot of good things. Um, and, you know, it's a hard place to, to, to play uh, with the noise and the environment here, which was, a, um, you know, a great environment. So, uh, but that's what it is in the National Football League, and we, you know, we've got to do a better job of, you know, of, uh, of executing. What factors? We haven't seen you since 201 on IR. What factors contributed to this decision? You know, we just felt like um, it would take that long. Uh, at the end of the day, that's kind of how we felt. 
Um, and look, nothing's more important than the health of the player. Um, and we just felt like that was the best decision for him and for our team. Brian, do you feel like you found something to work with on offense in the last stretch there? Or is it... every, every game's different. Um, you know, we'll make the corrections from today. You know, some things that, um, you know, we did well, we, we'll try to continue to do them. Um, things that, you know, didn't go so well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to correct them. And, but I think, uh, you know, we got some things going at the end, um, but it wasn't enough. And, you know, we got to be better. You think that uh, a comeback like this, the way you were so competitive at the end, might, um, I don't know, build the uh, teammates' faith in, in Jacoby and what he can do for this team over there? Next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they, you know, they believe in each other. You know, this, this, these guys, they believe in each other. I mean, I, I think we know how, how we work. Um, I mean, I think we're always going to fight and give great effort. Um, we just got to have better execution. Uh, but yeah, there's no moral victories. Um, I, I think you know those guys are disappointed in there. We want to win, um, and that's our that's our goal every week. And uh, you know, we didn't get it done today. We didn't execute well enough. And you know, we'll go back, make some corrections, and. Uh, and we'll get back out there next week. First glance, what seemed better about the, the offensive line's performance? Um, I mean, the protection was better. I thought we ran the ball, uh, you know, effectively in, in, you know, early in the game and, you know, at times, you know, throughout the game. So um, that's something we hopefully we can build on. You always want to run it. Uh, but, you know, there were also some instances where we gave up some pass rush, and they got two good, well, not two, more than two, but they got a good pass rush over there. And, um, you know, the guys fought to, to protect uh, Jacoby. We were able to step up and make some plays. Uh, but, again, not enough. Brian, it seemed like Jacoby, or at least the scheme, was more willing to push the ball downfield there late in the game. Was that part of the plan? Was that like his decision-making, or was it just something that was giving you at the end? Yeah, I think, you know, we need a chunk yardage. Um, and he pushed it. I mean, we had some. We thought we had some opportunities, you know, in other parts of the game. Um, you know, and we didn't execute. And you know, later in the game, uh, there were some instances where we did. And uh, but it wasn't enough. Um, and we got to we got to do a better job. Would you want to be more aggressive with the offensive approach earlier in those first three quarters before that? I mean, look, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think we got off to a good start. Uh, we just didn't. We didn't maintain that. But good. Look, good. let's give credit to the to the Raiders. They did they did some nice things. They made some adjustments, really in all three phases. Um, they got good players, good coaches. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, you know they pulled out the win. I was. I mean, this is just we just didn't execute. You know, I mean, that's really at the end of the day, Dave. That's that's we just didn't execute. Um, you know. I think there's going to be, you know, as we watch the film, several plays we wish we had back. And look, a game like this, it's one or two plays. Either way, um, you know, they make one or two plays, and it doesn't go to overtime. We make one or two plays. You know, it's, it's, you know, that's that's the National Football League. And, you know, we've got to do a better job. You know, it's a young team, and we got to continue to learn from, uh, you know, every experience out on the field. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, and look, this starts with me. Our execution starts with me. So I got to do a better job of getting us, uh, getting us to getting us to play better, execute better, and make the you know two, three, four, five plays um, that'll be the difference in the game. Thanks, guys. So there you have head coach Brian Flores after a defeat in Las Vegas. Uh, Dolphins fall 31-28 to to the Raiders. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more. Only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. Again, the final score from Las Vegas, Raiders 31, Dolphins 28 in overtime. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches.